Welcome to the Horror Babble Originals podcast. Audio Log 1, Friday, January 18th, 2002. Hello, I'm Nigel Cohen. This is my diary. Well, audio diary, at least. I'm not really a big fan of talking to the wall, which, to be fair, is what talking into a microphone feels like to me. But I'm on something of a personal quest. I just have to know... What killed Grandad? They say he fell, that he was disorientated, that the Alzheimer's finally bested him. Well, I'm not so sure. When I found him last month, I used to pop round twice a week, work permitting. He was lying face down on the bedroom floor. I have to admit it looked like he'd fallen, stumbled coming out of the bathroom or something. On the way down, he'd, he'd hit his head on the corner of the bedside table, which had knocked him out. Or, which was probably more likely, killed him instantly. All I know is that there was a lot of blood on the floor, his head, his hands. There was bloody everywhere. And there was a, a weird smell in the room. An eggy sort of smell. Kind of like the smell of a spent match. But a, a little sweeter, perhaps. I couldn't trace the source of it. Then I heard the radio. You know, the sound of static. Whistling away on the floor next to Grandad. It looked as though it had been knocked to the ground as it collided with the bedside table. Anyway, I called an ambulance and waited in the kitchen for them to arrive. Later, when the paramedics entered Grandad's bedroom and turned him over... Jesus, half of his face was missing, from his chin up to his nose, peeled back like a banana skin. I didn't really get a good look, to be honest. The paramedics hauled him away, and, well, that was that. The coroner deduced that the avulsion was a result of the fall, that his fragile skin was easily torn, snagged on the bedside table, someone said. What the hell? Doesn't explain the fact that blood was found under his fingernails. Yeah, excuse me. Grandad, my mum's dad, was 86 years old at the time of his death. The Alzheimer's had been diagnosed just five years earlier. He'd taken the news well to begin with, insisting that it was just the way of the universe, and that he'd make his peace with it and get on with living what was left of his life. It was like that, Grandad. Grandma was long gone. In fact... She'd died long before I was born, so I'd only ever had the one grandparent. My dad's parents had died when he was just a boy. So let me talk about the origin of my suspicions concerning Grandad's death. In those final years, as that debilitating disease took hold of him, Grandad lost touch with the present. Mentally, he regressed by years, it seemed, almost 
every day. He saw electrical items around the house as foreign objects, you know, gadgets beyond his comprehension. And as a result, thanks to a lifetime of tinkering, he was an engineer in his working years, he developed the habit of disassembling certain things in a futile effort to figure them out. Every week you'd find him in the presence of something he'd pulled apart. The microwave, the intercom, the television, the VCR. If he could get his hands on it, he'd break it down, piece by piece. Trouble was, obviously, he hadn't a clue how to put any of it back together. I swear to God, every last piece of equipment he owned went the way of Humpty Dumpty before the end. <laughs> However, in the case of the radio that had been lying next to him on the floor... He'd evidently taken it apart and managed, of a fashion, to put it back together again. I say, of a fashion, because its outer casing was still missing, and I couldn't be sure that all of its electrical components were accounted for. But he must have done a decent enough job for it to be drawn in away next to his corpse like that. To describe the radio, it, it was a simple uh, three-band radio slash tape recorder, about the size of your average shoebox, for lack of a better comparison. The main elements were intact. Antenna, tuner, tape deck, speaker. But here's where it gets weird. I couldn't shake the idea that perhaps Grandad hadn't fallen at all. That Instead, he deliberately flung himself towards the bedside table, scrambling to switch that radio off for some reason or other. Anyway, I've, I've no idea why I felt so strongly that that was the case, but as I said, I couldn't shake it. So I scooped the radio up, bit by bit, and brought it home. And here I am, a month after his death, just a ten-minute stroll from Grandad's house, in a quiet spot on Lord Street, just off Manchester Road. This is my base of operations, as it were, here in the study. I call it the study, though in actual fact it's just the second bedroom on the first floor. It's at the back of the house, overlooking the old school. It's a little creepy back here after dark, especially with the curtains open. I'm surrounded by dusty books and old magazines, bit of a collector. But it's a good environment for tinkering. Grandad said so himself once. I finally set the radio up today. It's here in front of me. Spent the afternoon messing with the tuner. Couldn't pick anything up at first. Just static. I persisted with it though, turning the tuning knob very slowly, marginally, till at last some sort of transmission was received. This was 9 or 1 pm, I have to add. I couldn't make anything out clearly, but I could tell that there was a voice under all the static. Perhaps a number of voices. Grandad's tinkering had deprived the radio of a headphone socket, so I decided to pop a tape in there to record the noise, and to later digitise it for closer inspection. At around ten past nine, I managed to record five minutes' worth of garbled noise. <laughs> my main cassette deck is rigged up to my workstation here in the study, so the digitisation was pretty straightforward. I pulled the recording up in my wave editor, and started messing with a couple of noise filters... EQ, etc. After an hour or so of processing and reprocessing, I was able to cancel out a good deal of the noise and was left with what might just pass for a voice. Yeah. Anyway, this is it. Um, uh, tape recording number one. 
Hmm. Not much to work with, is there? The radio isn't digital, so it's hard to say precisely what frequency I'd landed on in order to receive the transmission. However, what I can say is that the voice I recorded carried on jabbering for another 20 minutes or so after I stopped recording. During those 20 minutes, by way of comparison, I tried to match the frequency on the two digital radios I have here at home, somewhere between 99.5 and 100 MHz FM. But despite my efforts, it seemed that only Grandad's radio was able to receive the transmission. Anyway, I'm going to attempt to refine the signal further. Perhaps I'll receive the same thing again tomorrow. If so, I'll need to improve my recording somehow. There's something in this, I'm sure of it. Something to do with Grandad's death. Anyway, that's it for tonight. More tomorrow. Nigel out. Okay, there we go again. Audio log 2, January 19th, 2002. Hello again, Nigel here. Getting really weird now, this. In my efforts to improve the signal, I moved the radio up to the attic. I've got a clear view of the sky through a roof window up there, so I set the radio up just below it and uh, angled the antenna towards the open air. I checked in on the radio every hour or so throughout the day and was chuffed to bits when at last the transmission began again. Woohoo! At precisely 8.57pm this was. Thanks to the radio's new position in the attic, the signal was vastly improved. So I continued to work the antenna till I was sure the reception was the best it could be. Again, I recorded a good ten minutes worth of noise and returned to my workstation downstairs in order to digitise the recording. And here I am, an hour later. A bit of digital manipulation has resulted in a cleaner recording, revealing the odd word here and there, spoken by what I'm assuming is the same voice I heard yesterday. For all I know, it could be a completely different voice, but there's just something about it that tells me it's the same. And although there's no way to be sure what's being said, there's definitely something... Oh, I don't know troubling about the speaker, something that makes me uncomfortable, the kind of thing that if Grandad had been exposed to in his deteriorating condition, he might have felt uncomfortable too. <laughs> I'm obsessed already. Anyway, blah, 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 I'm just going to play the damn thing. Here it is, uh, tape recording number two. I can make out the words menace and flesh. <laughs> Weird, eh? Anyway, I'm going to listen out for it again tomorrow. I'm not sure when the transmission ended tonight. I was too busy down here working on the recording. With any luck, it'll kick off around nine-ish again. I'm getting somewhere with all this, I know it. Got to figure it out. Got to figure it out for Grandad. Anyway, Nigel out.
Audio log number three, January 20th, 2002. I'm onto something. Rinse, repeat, and you shall reap results, I heard someone say once. Was that just a voice in my head? I don't know. In any case, the radio reception improved again this evening. I'm not sure if the weather's playing a part in all this. I mean, I'm no expert, but I assume it does. It's been incredibly calm outside today. Anyway, at uh, 8.59pm on the dot, the transmission started up again. The reception was so clear that I could hear plain as day what was being said. I was recording from the off this time and managed to capture a good five minutes of audio before the crappy tape deck did a number on the cassette inside. Chewed the bugger up it did. Anyway, I whipped it out and took it downstairs. I missed the end of the transmission but was able to salvage most of the tape. All the while I was rescuing it, I could hear that voice droning away above me. I think it ceased just about... just after 9.20pm. Cassette repaired. I popped it into my reliable deck and digitised it. Ended up with a couple of minutes of audio. The chewed portions of tape were irredeemable. Despite the vast reception improvement, which had resulted in a fairly decent recording, I figured it was still worth trying to improve it on the computer. In situations like this, you can never be sure what else might have been recorded. Hidden sounds and tones only a graphic equaliser can reveal. So here it is, the voice that's beginning to sound to me like it belongs to the nemesis of a superhero in some low-budget fantasy movie. Blimey, it's all very strange, this. Anyway, um, this is tape recording number three. To those who listen, those who inquire, those who invite, I need not introduce myself, but I like to say my name. Moot is my name. Moot. Moot I am. The Shadow King. The lurking menace. The bringer of the end. I am stripped of flesh, waiting. Ever so patiently waiting, stripped of being, waiting, patiently waiting, disembodied, listening, always listening. An invitation I await, an invitation to that place, that darkest of places, the place behind the face. For the face is but a mask. Beneath it, a space reserved for moot. I'll feast upon your secrets, bathe in your lies. I'll feed upon your fear, your hate, that which you despise. And when I'm inside, safely within, moot will come out, out from beneath. Moot will command, you will obey. I live in the strong, live in the brave, Not in the weak, not in the frail. Moot is the way, the hidden one, the keeper of fate. I hear you, listener. I turn to you and say, open the gate. Weird, eh? Weird. Weird is too tame a word, I reckon. Moot, the voice keeps repeating. Who the hell is moot? What could it mean? Did Grandad make contact with something? 
I'm getting closer. I can feel it. But I've got to get some rest. Need to think. I'll reevaluate tomorrow. Tired. Nigel out. Audio log number four. January 21st, 2002. Nigel here. It's, uh, it's just after 2pm. I went down the library this morning. First time in a long time. Browsed at random. No frame of reference, no context. On a whim, I had a word with one of the librarians. Moot, I said. Moot the Shadow King. Moot the Hidden One. Does that mean anything to you? No, was the reply. How helpful is that? Anyway, I must have looked like a lunatic, wandering from shelf to shelf, mumbling to myself, Moot, 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 over and over again. Jesus Christ. I wonder what would happen if I looked in the mirror and said it five times. <laughs> Probably end up with no face. Anyway, it's still early. Better get set up for later. Got a coffee here to finish as well. Mm. Anyway, Nigel out. Audio log number five. January 21st, 2002. Nigel here, again. It's just gone 9.30pm. I'm back in the study. A little spooked, to tell you the truth. Well, I went up to the attic, turned the radio on, set the antenna, etc. This was about 8.55, by the way. And immediately, and I mean literally instantly here, that voice came at me. And when I say it came at me, it was actually addressing me. Me, personally. Luckily, I'd set the tape recording at precisely the same moment the transmission was received. Trouble is, I was so spooked that I killed the recording after a minute or so. I just couldn't listen to it. That voice and the reception was so ridiculously clear, unbelievably clear. It's like the radio's been primed somehow, fine-tuned. I'm going to digitise the recording in a few minutes. I'm just necking some coffee at the moment. Just, I'm honestly, I'm just a little bit overwhelmed with it all. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I mean, I was expecting to hear a, you know, a repetition of that earlier transmission, not some verbal onslaught. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Come on, Nigel, get a hold of yourself, for God's sake. More coffee, more coffee. Anyway, that's it for now. Going, 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 going. Nigel out. Audio log six. January 21st, 2002. Okay, it, it's still Monday, coming up to 10.30pm. I have to tell you, listening back to that was pretty unnerving. I'm still spooked. Something else. Something I forgot to mention earlier. As soon as I heard it, the voice, I mean, I could smell something. Something eggy, that same sulphur-sweet whiff that surrounded Grandad's body. What's happening here? You'll have to forgive me for rambling. Well, whoever you are listening to this now. Perhaps it's just me listening. That's you, Nigel. That's you. <laughs> well, I'd better cut to the chase. Here's tonight's recording. Uh, tape recording number four. 
You! I see you. That's right. I've been waiting for you. Waiting patiently. I've been watching. I know you can hear me, boy. Down there, down below. I know you can hear my words. I'm close, boy. Oh, so close. Would you like to see, boy? Would you like to see my face? The face of he who is coming for you? Seek out your reflection. Gaze into his eyes, boy. Gaze into his eyes. Then take off the mask. Strip it to the bone. Take off... Jesus, it makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand on end. Oh my god. Well, that's where I stopped the recording. I just couldn't listen anymore. Just couldn't listen. I know it's probably just a radio show or something, but I don't know. You know when you get that feeling? The feeling that you just know something. Like when someone has their eyes on you. The feeling you're being watched. It's kind of... It's inexplicable, isn't it? Impossible to put into words, but it's... It's real. It's a tangible sensation. Well, that's what this is. Even now, knowing full well that that radio is switched off up there in the attic, I, I can feel eyes on me. I can feel them watching. Oh, God. Oh. I call it a prank. I could really get on board with the idea that someone I know might be capable of going to such extremes to frighten me. It's, it's just not likely. Not likely at all. Seek out your reflection, it said. Well, I went to the bathroom ten minutes ago, caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror, and there was something not right about it. The truth, I felt that my face was just a mask. Weird. <laughs> That's enough for one night. Nigel out. Audio log number seven, January 22nd, 2002. Hello, Nigel here. Well, it's 9.45pm. I skipped tonight's transmission. The whole thing has crawled under my skin. I worry about what happened to Grandad, but perhaps I'm tempting a similar fate for myself by pursuing this weird line of inquiry. Uh, I'm just a... Just your average run-of-the-mill nobody caught up in something beyond my comprehension. I feel like Grandad must have felt in those final years. Confused. Incapable of rational thought. It's frightening to think how close we are at any one time to losing it. Going over the edge. But there's just something about this whole thing that keeps on hammering away at my little head. Like something's trying to get in there, or trying to get out, as the case may be. I sent an email to a friend of mine this afternoon, Cody. My circle of friends is pretty small, but if you asked me to identify our ringleader, I'd nominate Cody. He's smart, that one. New scientist subscriber. Where I'd stash pornography, he's hoarding a collection of Omni magazines from 1989. <laughs> or 1980, whenever. No offence, Cody. As I was saying, he's smart, well-read. So I broke it all down for him this afternoon. Grandad, the disassembling, reassembling, the radio, the supposed fall that killed him, 
the transmissions, the voice moot, the smell, the weird face in the mirror. I figured he might be able to explain it, or at least to talk some sense into me. Like I say, that guy knows his stuff. And of course, he replied in his own inimitable way as expected. I'll read the email. Here we go. Nigel, witticism mode engaged. My thoughts are that your grandfather's exploratory pursuits have yielded results hitherto unprecedented on this eosphere. It sounds to me as though Kerwin Sr., unwittingly of course, succeeded in establishing for himself a link to something that resides beyond our plane of existence, an occupant of another dimension perhaps. It's entirely possible that said link served as an invitation prompting the fear-hungry tenant of that distant realm to rush forth across the dimensional border in order to feast upon the flesh of an old codger. That ought to take possession of his body. Witticism more disengaged. Seriously, what the bleep? Cody. There you have it. And yeah, he actually typed bleep. He thinks he's being funny, but I can't help but think he's being right. That's all for now. Nigel out. Audio Log 8, January 23rd, 2002. Hello, Nigel here. It's 8.50pm. It's windy outside, as you can probably hear. It's all change here tonight. I'm in the attic, sat opposite the radio and my recording equipment. There'll be no cassette recording tonight. This is a live recording. I've hooked Grandad's radio up to my workstation through an external interface, and as such, any transmissions received tonight will be recorded in real time, alongside whatever I might want to jabber on about into the mic. My coffee or two. Where would I be without my coffee? I'm just sitting here. I'm a little nervous, to be honest. Holding my nerve, I suppose you could say. I spent the whole day musing over Cody's not-so-hilarious email. I called him earlier. I said, You kind of just made all that stuff up, can you? I mean, there had to be some truth in there, didn't there? To which he responded, Well, you know what they say, Nige. Truth is stranger than fiction. Which leaves me where, exactly? Sitting here in the chilly attic, staring at a busted radio, contemplating the strange death of my granddad, preparing to go head-to-head -head with a... With a what? What was it Cody said? An occupant of another dimension? I listened to the recordings again earlier. All of them. Moot, I am. The Shadow King. The lurking menace. The bringer of the end. The face is but a mask. Beneath it a space reserved for Moot. Seek out your reflection. Gaze into his eyes, boy. Gaze into his eyes, then. Take off the mask. Strip it to the bone. Grandad, you've got a lot to answer for. <laughs> well, it's coming up to 8.55. Here goes. I don't appear to be picking anything up. But I have to tell you, that smell. Sulphur, fresh fruit, sweet, sickly sweet. Oh, man, what is that? I'm coming for you! Whoa, whoa, I'm... whoa! What the... What is... I 
think this is it, ladies and gents. Whatever it is, it's coming for me. It wants me for some reason. And though I've no idea what that reason could be, I think we've finally learned what killed Grandad. Time to take off this mask. Thank <laughs> you.